0: we have come to our Encounter with God section, our Bible study time, 20 million movements where we join 20 million other people from around the world, Amazing. all studying the same part of the Bible at the same time. I love that. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I love that. You've been studying this same passage for like, I mean, the same. you've been part of the 20 million movement for like years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Um, and of course, I'm here with Akil this morning who is filling in for Lawson who is away Um, We're super glad to have Akil here. Now, Akil, um, before we get into our Bible study and before we get to our first quiz, I do need to remind you all that if you live in an area where you are struggling to get a good clear signal or you are um, in an area where we, we don't even have Faith FM or if you're in an area that gets the delayed broadcast, the solution is simple. What's that? The Faith FM Australia app. We have our app. We have our own app. Go to your app store, type in Faith FM Australia, hit download within about 30 seconds or less. You just hit play and it works perfectly. That's amazing. Run through the Bluetooth. Literally
1: anywhere in the world.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Run through the Bluetooth in your car, run through your aux cord, um, run through your headset. Put it underneath your earmuffs if you're in a, in a workshop and away you go. Mm. Simple as that.
1: Amazing. Love that.
0: Indeed. Okay, so where are we up to? We are in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, oh,
2: oh, 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 the, quiz. oh, oh, oh the, the
0: quiz, the quiz. So we're on our, what, our second clue for Second s- clue for the second quiz second of the day. Pl- you must be doing well here. Lord, um, I nearly called you Lawson. Akil. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We often only get through one quiz per day. You're on the second one already. Okay. So what have you got for us there? So here's clue number two.
1: In me, all die, but in Christ, all will be made alive. Who am I? Ooh. In me, all die, but in Christ, all will be made alive. I can give you the answer to this one. Who am I? Let's see it. Let's see it. There you go. Yep. There you go. He's got it. So I didn't got get it, it on the so last
0: it's... one. The first clue was this person is called the son of God. Um, but the second clue, and, and, and I knew the first clue was, was just trying to be obscure. So I was warning to everybody who is about to call 1-800-324-843 based on the fact that the first clue was this person was called the son of God. Don't go with the obvious.
1: Yeah. Well, this clue is a lot better than the last clue that we had for the, the previous quiz. Yeah. yeah. That one is just a bender. And our prize is? Our prize is a book, The Hero of
0: Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, we've been giving quite a number of these away. Um, great story right there. Story of... Uh, uh, and I've gone completely blank all of a sudden. That's okay. Desmond you know, Doss. Desmond exactly. Doss. There you go. Desmond Doss. I
1: got a really cool story really quickly about that. I don't want to take time here. I, I live in Canberra, and I had somebody come into the church, non-Christian person, and said, I watched Hacksaw Ridge. And I really want to know about that God that Desmond Das believed in.
0: That's amazing. This was like Praise the God. start of the year. Yep.
1: Incredible story. He just watched it and he said, "I want what he's got." And he walked in February and he gave his life to Jesus. In July. Amazing. Fascinating story.
0: Amazing. That's that's a that's a huge blessing. I have a, uh, I have a, a a Hacksaw Ridge story as well, but it's not as it's not as um it's not as it's not as exciting as yours.
1: What's your story? Uh,
0: the producers called me up and uh, one day and asked me whether because they somehow f- heard a rumor that I collect antiquarian books and asked me wow. whether I had a um, a nineteen forties Bible that they could use for um, as a prop for their set for um, for Desmond Doth's mother's Bible. Uh, but That's the problem specific. is that, That's yeah, really yeah 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 specific. But I don't collect stuff from the 1940s. My stuff's a lot older than that. My stuff's all from the 1800s, so I couldn't wow. really help them out. I did have I did have a Bible from the 19 the late 1960s that could have served the purpose. And so, um, did they use it? No, nah, they ended up collecting about six Bibles together, and uh, mine didn't make the cut. Oh boy, I'm not sure because I look. I want to watch the movie. I was like. Where's Desmond Doss's mother's Bible? I never actually saw his mother's Bible.
1: <laughs> it's probably uh, like off in a corner. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been kind of kind of cool to uh, be able to write in the front cover. Used in Hacksaw Ridge. Put but that on your resume. Didn't, I have a uh, famous Bible. <laughs> 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 kind of. My wife went to went went to uh, uh, got to go over there and have a chat with um, Mel Gibson. But um, really, oh, because yeah. you
1: used to live in the neighborhood where they filmed. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, they were filming just down the road, so it was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, nothing like as exciting as having somebody just turn up to church and say, hey, I want to know about this, God. That was, that was wild. It blew my mind. Okay. Let's get into our Bible study this morning, Nehemiah chapter 12. Uh, why don't you start for us in verse 44.
1: Where's Nehemiah twelve forty four? and it says, On that day men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the offerings, the first part of the harvest and the tides. They were responsible to collect from the fields outside the towns, the portions required by the law for priests and Levites, for all the people of Judah took joy in the priests and the Levites and their work. They performed the service of God and the service of purification as commanded by David and his son Solomon, and so did the singers and the gatekeepers. The custom of having choir directors to lead the choirs and hymns of praise and thanksgiving to God began long ago in the days of David and Asaph. So now, in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel bought a daily supply of food for the singers, for the gatekeepers, and for the Levites. The Levites, in turn, gave a portion of what they received to the priests, the descendants of Aaron.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, There's a question that, is, that, that comes up here. Why did Judah rejoice over the priests and the Levites who ministered? What was the, what was the work of these guys? What did they did actually... a pretty
1: significant job. When he when he break it down right and, and, and in Hebrews is actually where it highlights it in, in Hebrews chapter. Let's let, let me turn there right,
0: right over before there. you before you read that because Hebrews does really summarize it. Um, I want to discuss for a little bit the broad work that the priests and the Levites did right. because Hebrews deals with the specifics. Yeah, specifically working in the temple and the sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, however, when you read the history of Israel, you find that the Levites, as a tribe, they were not given land; they were given cities. Yeah. So they're given six cities, and those cities are spread throughout the land of Israel. They are not clustered around the temple. Right. They're and spread so out throughout. that's right. And so the sons of Aaron, who were Levites, um, they were the priests who ministered in the temple. Here you've got you've got a number of different categories. You've got priests. You've got Levites, mm-hmm. you've got musicians, mm-hmm. you've got singers. Yep. Each one of them has a different work to do, and so for Levites who were not sons of Aaron and who were living in, say, one of the other cities of refuge um, back in the day when they had the cities of refuge, yeah, uh, they, they their work was kind of different because they, right. you know they weren't given land, they weren't expected to be out, you know, ploughing the fields. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All that. Um, and what I find interesting here is that you have Judah at this particular time mm-hmm. that is bringing in the supplies so the Levites have something to eat. Does that mean that the Levites, as they lived in their various cities, uh, just lived off a certain kind of uh, tax where people brought stuff to the temple and they could go there and they could get free food and they never had to work? Was that the, was that the idea?
1: Well, I think, it was, I think it's greater than that. I think it's an oversimplification Good. I'm glad you think it's no yeah. application.
0: because if if it was just yeah, they just Levites just get to get to sit around and do nothing all day, then um, then uh, yeah, it's going to uh, just be promoting slothfulness amongst <laughs> right. one tribe. That's
1: right, like the chosen tribe of sorts. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so when you look into it in more depth, what you're going to find is that the Levites were actually the equivalent of We don't really have an equivalent of the priests today that ministered in the temple, but the Levites were the equivalent of your paid ministry. Right. So they're spread throughout the country, um, and their job was that they were the preachers, the Mm -hmm. teachers, the counsellors, the aid workers for the nation. Right. And so you've got 12 tribes, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you've kind of got this extra tribe and so you could say, all right, what would Australia look like if one out of thirteen people uh, were involved was involved in um, preaching, teaching, counselling, and aid work, charitable work? Mm-hmm. That would be a remarkable country to live in. Yeah, because that would mean that you know our you know for instance some of our health services mm-hmm. that we have right now. Would not necessarily be overstretched to the capacity that they are, particularly you know, and mental health services and those kind of things. Because this is what the Levites were there to look after. Yeah, they were there to feed the poor and the hungry and uh, the widows and single parents, and as well as you know, preach the word and spread the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who was coming wherever they went.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, so the Levites had a very broad um, ministry that they were to do. And of course, you know, what I find fascinating in this story is that you actually have a paid choir. Hmm. Right. So that whenever you went into the city of Jerusalem, where the temple was, there was always music. That's right. And you know, in today's society, probably not so relevant because you know we carry our music with us wherever we go. We've got our music in our phone. We've got it in our car. We've got it uh, kind of anywhere. Instruments are so easy to purchase and
1: and learn. Yeah, it's it's
0: quite different. And you know what it's like. You know, particularly amongst tradies, of course, there's always the radio is always playing. There's always music playing, Um, and so there are a lot of jobs where there's always music playing. And this is what they that's what they actually created back then was a, a a. a location and environment where yeah. music could always be playing um, and people could, um, yeah, be, be blessed by yeah. that music.
1: You know, hinting at a point you said earlier, I think there's a there's a large group of people that, that have this uh, almost basic view of Levites. Oh, they were kind of the spiritual leaders, right? That's kind of the overarching view of most people. And they go, oh, they're just spiritual people and they got paid to do it. Yeah, but it's actually greater. It's far greater than that. There's the social implications to being a Levite. You're you're not just there for one day a week. Kind of, it's not it's not a very just spiritual focused role, is it? It's it's more communal focus. It's more societal focus. It's actually a lot more a Levite does, which I think is really important to nail down. Yeah. Um, my perspective, having come into Christianity, was kind of like this. Oh yeah, the Levites. Yeah, yeah they kind of did their thing, and they got expected to get paid for it
0: yeah no that was 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 way more than that which you know it adds some it 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 adds a level of interest to the story of the good Samaritan mm-hmm. because the first person that walks past the man who was you know obviously beaten up on the side of the yeah. road and you know severely wounded yeah. and when Jesus tells this story it was a story of something that actually happened right um the first person that walks past is a priest. He doesn't want to get himself dirty. He doesn't want to get himself defiled. He doesn't yeah. want to touch human blood. Yeah. You know any of this kind of stuff, and so he just leaves the guy there. That just walks right around. Just over. walks past him. Insane. Um, the next person that comes along is a Levite. There you go. Now this was his. This was his. Uh, this was his primary hmm. duty. Mm-hmm. This was his reason for existence. Yeah was to look after people in these kinds of circumstances. Yeah. And this is what he collects food from the storehouses at the temple specifically for. Yeah. He gets food so that he doesn't have to work in the fields so that he can help people out like the man that was robbed. That's right. That's right. And he walks past. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty low kind of thing for any human being to do. And it's a pretty low value that is placed on, you know, human life at that particular time Mm -hmm. in that particular environment.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just touching on that parable a little bit, it's going off the the path a little bit here. But we we, earlier today, we talked about Chick-fil-A. We did. And we talked about how important, not just as as their stat, one of their values as a company is helping other people. That's right. Going out of your way to help them. And and there's got to be something that you have to help, right? They have this surplus of food and surplus of money, which they use then to go and help other people. To do good things in the world. Very similar to what this Levi did. He had this storehouse, right, which we'll talk about, I'm assuming, a little bit later. And it was only the storehouse that enabled him to go and do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's it really highlights here the importance of the storehouse and the importance of having somebody overseeing that storehouse in order to actually get people help and get people resources that they so desperately need, especially in that guy's situation.
0: Indeed, indeed. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a commentary on human nature and how we should you know be responding to the humans who are around us. Yeah. So the Levites had a very broad work to do. They were not ever employed to sit around and do nothing. And anybody mm-hmm. who's been involved in full-time ministry um, knows that you don't spend a whole lot of time sitting around doing there's nothing. There's no such thing as free time. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing yeah. as free time. Okay, let's, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 9. Now, let's specifically look at the work of the priest because this gets particularly interesting over here. There are a bunch of passages. Um, You know, Hebrews is one of those books of the Bible that we really, really need to study. It's one that is often overlooked by Christians because it's kind of thrown into the too hard basket. Mm -hmm. What you are going to find is that throughout the Old Testament, the Old Testament is saturated, soaked, drenched Mm -hmm. in references to the sanctuary. Yeah, Uh, The New Testament, likewise, is full of sanctuary language. The Bible talks about the lamb. The Bible talks about you being the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible That's talks right. about, you know, in the book of Revelation, you've got 22 chapters, and in just 22 chapters, there are over 100 mm. references yeah, to the sanctuary. It's dripping in it. It is. Yeah. And people try and understand the New Testament without understanding the sanctuary, yeah, the temple. Well, no wonder Nothing there's so happened. much confusion about it. Yeah. Because it's just not going to happen. If you do not have a working knowledge of what that temple was about, why it existed, then you are simply not going to be able to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Hebrews is one of those great books that will give you amazing insights into the sanctuary service. Why don't you read for us starting there in verse 1. We'll, uh, we'll read a couple of verses and uh, maybe say three or four verses. Perfect. Uh, let me see. Let's go down to first uh, 6. First six verses.
1: Awesome. That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room was a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the Holy Place. Then there was a curtain, and behind that curtain was a second room called the Most Holy Place. In that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the Ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties.
0: Okay, so Paul here is writing to the Hebrew people. Um and as such he's he's kind of doing a, a, a review. He's like, this is we all know this, we all understand this. Yeah. Yeah. But he makes a mistake. Where? Uh it's a very specific mistake. And okay. he does it for a particular reason. Right. He's trying to catch their attention and he's trying to highlight a point. Right. Okay, so let's see if we can we can find the mistake. Okay. Before you go back over it, let me ask you this. What was the three pieces of furniture in the holy place? Well, you have
1: your Ark of the Covenant.
0: No, the whole, Oh, oh the, sorry. The
1: holy place. You have your lampstand. You have a table of
0: showbread, and you have
1: your altar of incense.
0: Okay. And how many pieces of furniture did they have in the most holy place? Well, the one, the one, yeah. which is the ark of the covenant. The ark of the covenant. All right. What's this? Okay. Because very, very few people pick this up. Then when they read it. All right. Go to um, read for me verse two. There were two rooms in the
1: tabernacle. In the first room was a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy
0: place. How many pieces of furniture just got listed there? Three. Two. Two? Two. Two. Yeah, I told you there was wow. a mistake yeah, yeah, in here. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I read right over it. <laughs> I read over it twice, and I missed it. That's
0: crazy. Everybody does. Yeah. Because we all know that there's three. Yeah. Okay. Now read verse three and four. This will, this will melt your brain. There was a curtain, and behind that curtain was a second room
1: called the Most Holy Place. In that room was a golden incense altar. There it is. And a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides.
0: All right. So the question is, that's Paul, wild. That is wild. Did Paul make a mistake? Did the translators make a mistake? Where and why and how is this mistake in there? Because there is no time ever yeah. that the altar of incense was in Inside. the Most Holy Place. Yeah. That's, and it, it, yeah, and he just passes over it real quickly, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's yeah. interesting. That's really, you got me thinking <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You've got two services. Yeah. You've got a daily service that takes place in the holy place. Mm-hmm. You've got a yearly service which takes place in the most holy place. Okay. The daily service symbolizes what Christ would do for us every day hmm. after he ascended into heaven, mm-hmm. that he would intercede for us. Right. And that altar of incense symbolizes intercession. Okay. The most holy place in the with the yearly service mm-hmm. symbolizes the work of judgment, which must right. take place before Jesus comes back because the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he brings his reward with him. That's right. Okay, so we know that the judgment has to take place before Jesus comes back. The question is when the ministry moves from the holy place to the most holy place, The assumption is you leave everything behind Mm -hmm. that was in the holy place. Mm -hmm. And intercession then gets left behind in the holy place because that's where the altar of incense is. Right. But Paul
2: brings the altar of incense
0: into the most holy place because when you read in the book of Leviticus, and I'm going way deep right now. I love it. This is hash browns for breakfast. This is not not just a glass of orange juice. I'm loving it. I'm getting filled already. Okay. Okay, if you go back to uh, Leviticus chapter 16, mm-hmm. what you're going to find is this, on the day of atonement, mm-hmm. the yearly service, the judgment, you have intercession taking place on that day mm-hmm. as well as on the other days. So you have a sin offering, you know, daily sin offering all yeah. year long, and yeah. on that day you have a sin offering as well, which which symbolizes that during both parts of Jesus' mm-hmm. ministry, Mm-hmm. Intercession continues. That's fascinating. As a subtle message sewn right into Scripture, and Paul has just knitted in there to uh, to give us a great illustration of how Jesus is working on our behalf. There's free ABN music uh, with In the Sanctuary coming from our sister radio organisation.
3: in heaven hallelujah oh, hallelujah he's our defender before the father in example temple made by God not man behind the veil in a place most holy
2: sanctuary.
0: That was 3ABN Music with In the Sanctuary. You'll listen to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz before we jump back into our Bible study for the day. This is our second quiz of the day. So let's see if we can uh, knock another one over. What have you got for us there, Akil?
1: Look, I think this is the one that's going to give it away. So the question is, God cursed the ground because I listened to my wife instead of him.
0: Yeah, that's a. That's a, that's a uh, should guy, Come on guys, you know the answer to this one Give us a call, 1-800-324-843 I can see the uh, phones are running hot out there So I'm not sure whether it's gone yet or not But definitely give us a call or text us on 0491-064-669 If you can't get through on the phone, shoot us a text message Because there's every possibility mm-hmm. you could sneak that prize out from underneath somebody's nose <laughs> Okay, we are in Hebrews chapter 9 Which is an amazing chapter um, and what we have covered so far is where Paul basically gives a review, hmm. or a, yeah, a review of the sanctuary system. He's reminding the Jewish people this is the sanctuary system, mm-hmm. but he catches them out a little bit by placing the uh, altar of incense in the most holy place, which where it never was. That's right. So that he can make a point, and that point is that intercession continues in both the holy place, and the most holy place services. One being the service of uh, intercession, the other being the service of judgment. And while judgment takes place, intercession continues. Intercession does not continue until the judgment is complete. Mm -hmm. Does not cease until the judgment is complete. Okay, where were we? Back in Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to get into a little bit more depth here this morning. We warned you at the beginning that for this breakfast show, no orange juice this morning. Oh, That's right. Hash that's browns, right. scrambled tofu. The real dense
1: stuff. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to it. So we're picking up in verse, verse 7. We are. Is that right? Okay. Thank you. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as a tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use.
0: Okay, let's stop there for a moment. And what we're going to find here is a uh, very common translational error and, uh, Mine kind of has the same translation. I've got the old KJV here, which right. is a great word-for-word translation. Uh-huh. Uh, but three times in Chapter 9, it kind of messes it up. What does it do? Okay, so where it says the Holy Spirit, this thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all, yours says the most holy place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the original, it says neither of those. Fascinating. It simply says the sanctuary. Does it? Yes, which includes it, both holy place and most holy place. And the outside of it. Yeah, and you can kind of see why the translators would go that direction because the subject matter in verse 7 right. is the most holy place. And so it's like continuing on with the subject matter. Yeah. Uh, but the actual word is the sanctuary. Now, So we can take the sanctuary as a whole in this verse. Now I have a question about that. Yes.
1: Does that matter? Does it matter? Absolutely, it matters. I would love to know why.
0: Okay. So there are a number of different um, issues that we can look at here. One of them being the importance of the inspiration of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we if we um, are going to take Scripture at its face value mm-hmm. as it states, then what the Bible actually says in different places is mm. going to matter. hmm if, on the other hand, we can play around with it a little bit and say, you know what, I think it's the most holy place here rather than the entire sanctuary that's being spoken of. If we can play around with that passage, we can also play around with John 3.16. That's right. What
1: excludes that from being played around? With? So
0: what it does is by playing around with it a little bit, it establishes a principle, mm-hmm. which is kind of a slippery slope. Just yeah. so the slippery slope yeah. uh, concept that we're dealing with um, in... In, in this passage right here. And of course, if you read it as it was written, the, the whole uh, Hebrews chapter 9 does make um, more sense. So anyway, verse 8, The Holy Spirit thus signifying that the way into the sanctuary was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. Okay, so um, the Bible is speaking about the sanctuary here and while the first temple was still standing here on this earth. And when he talks about the first temple, he's not talking about the one that Moses built. Right. Or the one that Solomon built, okay. Or the one that Zerubbabel built, What's or the one here? that Herod built. He's Basically, talking, no temples. He's talking about all of them. There you go. He's talking about the temple, right on Earth, yeah. In any of its yeah phases,
1: Yeah. Just because it's rebuilt doesn't make it a new temple.
0: That's right, Yeah. The concept of a temple on Earth meant that Jesus could not be ministering in the temple in heaven, while there was still a temple here Mm -hmm. on this earth. Gotcha. The reason being is this. The one that is on earth, Mm -hmm. everything in the one that was on earth, uh, Well, actually verse 9, just read verse 9. Verse 9 tells you the reason.
1: This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of people who bring them.
0: Okay. Notice what it says here. Uh, my translation says, which was a figure or a symbol of mm-hmm. our time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because back in the day when they would bring the sacrifice of a lamb, the sacrifice of a lamb could not cleanse them. Right. Uh, a lamb cannot cleanse you from sin. It was merely a symbol.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Pointing to something else. Pointing to what Jesus would do.
1: Now, isn't there, isn't there a passage in scripture where it says it's like a shadow?
0: Yeah, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so when you look at a shadow, when you think about a shadow, a shadow is kind of black and white and one-dimensional yeah. and pretty it's boring. crude
1: compared to the bigger The real picture. thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, compared to the real thing. And so the real thing mm-hmm. is in heaven. Mm-hmm. The real events gotcha. are taking place in heaven, and which is far grander and beyond anything we can even begin to imagine. And the lamb simply pointed forward to that. But ever that lamb was being sacrificed, Jesus had not yet died. Mm-hmm. It was when Jesus died, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, brought those things, those systems of sacrifice to an end, mm. and began the actual ministry mm-hmm. of salvation mm-hmm. in the sanctuary, in the temple, in heaven. That's amazing. Yes, it's it is. The real stuff. The real stuff. The real stuff is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we live during the the period of the real thing, which is why we don't have sacrifices here on this earth.
1: Isn't that amazing?
0: And so the the Levites and the priests who were ministering back in the time of Nehemiah, this Mm -hmm. is why the people were rejoicing, because they were being pointed forward Mm -hmm. to what Jesus would be doing in the future Mm -hmm. for us. And what he ultimately paid. Yeah, exactly. The sacrifice where he died on Calvary, Calvary for us and then has just been ministering right the way through. Oh,
2: the
3: power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall.
2: Bring forth the royal. Sins. no tongue can bid me dance Depart no tongue can bid me.
1: From Warragul Sunday Venice Youth, we meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We are open to everyone wanting to join us, and we'd love to see you there.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. To the night Couldn't cut our time With the sharpest knife Oh, oh, God Forgive us Silence Isn't comfortable We won't drive through peace And instant hope Our shallow faith That has left us broke
2: God forgive us, oh, oh, God forgive us, a slave to our uncertainty, help us with our unbelief. Powerless Singing Oh, oh, God, give us Oh, oh, God, give us A slave to our uncertainty Help us with our unbelief Oh, oh, God, give us Forgive us. Yes, we have ignored you
3: So busy doing your work that we forgot that this was for you. Arms wide to our homeless savior, but arms crossed to our homeless neighbor. On bended knee, unite us all,
2: set us free. See, help us with, with our, our own belief. Oh, oh, God, forgive
0: us. Welcome back, everybody. That was uh, Forking King and Country. Oh, God, forgive us. Here on Faith FM, we have t- come time for our question of the day. Before we do another clue for our quiz, so here's
1: clue number four now, and I'm just, I'm just sure someone's going to get this one here. The clue is Cain and Abel are my two sons. Cain and Abel are my two sons. Who am I? That should be, I think this is the giveaway. I think we're going to find somebody who's going to snap it. And you're going to have a copy of the Haxar, the Hero of Hacksaw Ridge, which has impacted thousands of lives across the world.
0: Okay, if you know the answer, give us a call. one 800 three two four eight four three or one eight hundred Faith FM or text us on 669 Now so, it's... one of your relatives here this one's about I understand. My relatives about to win this. No no one of your relatives is uh is listed in this uh in this quiz. Is he? Yes. Is he? Yes. Yes. Where? You're, oh, you're related to this. I'm person. with you now. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. He got me. That was actually that was really good. I was like, yeah, Mom? One, one of the one of one of the kill's uh, relatives is uh, the answer to the quiz question.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you get that one, that'll be great. Okay, one of my long, relatives long is, lost relatives. One of
0: one of my relatives as well. By the way, so we're actually related. We're related to in that, some uh, way. That's yes, right. Got a bit of Indian in you. Ah, uh, Sri Lankan. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Ah, see, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. Same part of the world. Yeah, it's practically it's the same. There's a little bit of water between us. Yeah, it's that's all right. Yep. All right, so uh, let me see here. Where are we? Uh, yeah, Indian and Sri Lankan people in the Bible. That's just great. Isn't um, it... Let's go to our question of the day. See if you can figure out who this is. The father of, who was it? Cain and, Cain and Abel. Abel.
1: Yeah. Cain and Abel.
0: Uh, question of the day. What have you got for us, uh, Akil? So here's a question I have. If you read the
1: genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew... And in the book of Luke, you end up with a split in the genealogy right where David comes into the picture. You do so. Matthew reads from Adam down to Jesus, right, or a little bit after, Um, and
0: then Luke reads from Jesus Jesus all the way back to
1: Adam. So it goes backwards. But what happens in Matthew is you go from David to Solomon, the son of David, but in Luke you go from David to Nathan.
0: Yeah, it's like what on earth is going on here. Like so so in Luke's in Luke's uh genealogy it basically goes like this you've got Boaz gives birth to Obed gives birth to Jesse gives birth to King David who gives birth to Nathan Mm -hmm. who's ever heard of Nathan the son of David that's right we know about Nathan the prophet Mm -hmm. and I'd say that uh, you know they had a good relationship with each other and that he named one of his sons after Nathan the prophet maybe possible but uh, in Matthew it goes Boaz Obed Jesse David Solomon which makes sense which is also a son of David yeah okay so which one's correct this is the question right this is one of those trick questions uh-huh. where they kind of both. Okay, now, of course, uh, if you go to the other end, you're going to find that um, Joseph is the son in, in Matthew, uh-huh. is the son of Jacob, whereas in Luke, Joseph is the son of Heli.
1: There's another difference there.
0: There is. Uh-huh. And so they rejoin at Joseph. So they separate like 800 years beforehand, and then, you know, 800 years later, the uh, the family tree rejoins again. Wow. That's like your way long lost cousin. Your way, <laughs> that's, way, that's way, way, way long lost cousin. Okay, so what is going on here? Okay, if you talk to Jewish people today, mm-hmm. you'll notice that the Jewish line follows the matriarchal line, which is
1: quite unusual. Yeah, especially for the Jewish community.
0: Yeah. Indeed, and particularly for a nation that has been around from ancient mm-hmm. times, a very, very ancient nation, mm-hmm. you know, because we go back to ancient history, and predominantly, you know, men dominated everything, the and trade. you can see a, a, an aspect of that right, right here. But Jewish people trace their ancestry through the matriarchal line, and so if you have a mother who is a Jewess, mm-hmm. you are counted as a Jew, even if mm-hmm. your father is a Gentile, right? Uh, However, if it is the other way around, if your father is a Jew Mm -hmm. and your mother is a Gentile, you're not counted as a Jew. Wow. So that's how in today's society it works. And so what you've got is that the matriarchal line Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is very, very important to Jewish people. Right. The patriarchal line is also very important. And what you're going to find in Matthew, it follows the patriarchal line because that is the royal line. All of the kings are listed right there. But the patriarchal line, of course, shows his Jewishness, and both of them go back and show that he was a descendant of King David. Anyway, let's go on with the program. This is Jewel with O Holy Night, talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. You're listening to Jewel with Oh Holy Night here on Faith FM. Good bunch of messages coming through from listeners Akil. Uh, a couple of messages specifically for you. Oh, wow. So uh, Claire has message through from Sydney. She's listening to the show. She says, you, Akil. <laughs> Big shout out from Claire. Uh, Love that. One of the first uh, Christians that. to uh, witness to you back in, right. the, back in the day. And, of course, Fred has called through from uh, Maitland, yes, from Maitland, to give you some marriage advice. Getting, really Akil, is getting, Akil, Akil is getting married in uh, two weeks' time, so <laughs> congratulations. Great. Massive congratulations Thank to you. Akil. And uh, he's been married for 62 years, so I think he has uh, good it's advice. he got a few years on me. He says if you can make it through the first 60 The last two will be a breeze. (laughs) (laughs) And Shell has also, producer Shell has also mentioned something of anatomical importance. And that is that I did mention that, you know, Boaz gave birth to Obed, which gave birth to Jesse, which gave birth to Dave, which gave birth to Nathan. And she says, none of those men gave birth to anybody. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Even though the Bible says so. (laughs) They didn't do the hard work. It was their wives who did the hard work. And there's a number of wives that are actually listed in that uh, list as well. Anyway. Real quick, what are we giving away? So we have a really cool book to give away
1: to you. It's called What's Got You by L.S. Johnson. It's about where your attachments lie. You know, oftentimes... People say, I have the truth, and it's quite one thing to have the truth, but it's quite another for the truth to have you. Yes. And this is all focused about Jesus having your attention and your time. So don't forget your opportunity. Nab this up as soon as you can.
0: 1-800-324-843. Call us right now, and that's coming your way. And don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
3: Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
2: blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, sing slow, oh. praise Him all creatures, he-